How are we doing, Hope City Church? Good? My name is Jason. I am the pastor here, and I am so excited, like for real, so excited to be starting a brand new series uh, for the next few weeks together called Break the Cycle. And the reason that I'm so excited about this time that we're going to be spending together over these next few weeks is because I really believe that we are going to be talking about things that um, are going to hit us right where we are, right where we're living, right what we are feeling. And specifically, we're going to spend the next four weeks trying to answer this question. How do I stop acting like the person I don't want to be? Which is a good question. How do I stop acting like the person that I don't want to be? How many people would be willing to raise your hand and you would say, there is a, there is a habit, there's a thought, there's a feeling, there's a sin, there's, there's something in my life that I wish I could get rid of. Let me see your hand. Yeah. All of us. All of us have this part of us that even though it kind of makes us who we are, we would gladly give it away. We would gladly get rid of it. We would gladly remove it. And, and we we can kind of see and, and know the kind of person that we want to be. We can even kind of understand and, and grasp the, the kind of person that, that God wants us to be. We, we can kind of see that. But we can't seem to line up what we do and what we want to do. Anybody would raise your hand to that one. You would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't seem to line up what I do and what I want to do. I know what I do. I know what I want to do. Those are not the same things so, so often. And, and, and if you feel that way, then uh, I'm just really excited that you're, you're here. And I want to just play the pastor card for just a moment. I don't play it often, but I just want to pull it out and throw it out right here and, and challenge you to be here all four weeks of this series together because we're going to kind of build each week uh, on each other, that we're probably not going to break the cycle today. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of time, and we're going to do this together. So I'm asking you to be here for these um, next four weeks, and we're trusting that God, the Holy Spirit, can, can break the cycle, can break the patterns, the dysfunctional patterns, the unhealthy cycles in our life, and we can stop acting like the person that we don't want to be. Now, here, here's the challenge. So often, we can't see the, the patterns in our life. In the same way that when you drive a car, you have a blind spot, when it comes to our life and our decisions, our choices, our emotions, we also have a blind spot. And it's very hard for us to see the pattern in, in our life. We don't really think or believe that we have patterns in, in our life. We, we don't really, we don't think that. We kind of assume or believe that whatever we're going through right now, whatever we're feeling right now, whatever we're facing right now is kind of a new problem. Or at least it has enough new details in the problem that it feels as if it's not the same exact issue that we've come up you know, against time and time again. And so what we do is we kind of create this story in our minds. We kind of create this narrative in our minds so that we can, we can view what we're going through, what we're doing, how we're feeling 
in the best way possible, take very little or none of the blame, and not have to admit that maybe this is a pattern or a cycle that is repeating in, in, in our life. But what I'm hoping and what I'm believing for is that if we are willing to, to do the hard, courageous thing and be honest about our lives and ask the Holy Spirit to help us, I'm believing that, that Jesus is going to help us break the cycle to end the pattern of dysfunction in, in, in our lives. But it's going to require us to, to possibly admit, to take inventory, to assess where we are, and to possibly admit that maybe what we're going through is not a season. Maybe it's a cycle. So tell me if any of these sound familiar. You're really stressed out right now because, you know, your job is just extra time, extra hours at your job. It's demanding. Maybe your spouse is back in school. Your kids have sports. Maybe somebody in your family is sick. And, 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 and so you create this story in your mind. You create this script in your mind that sounds something like this. It's just really busy right now. It's really busy right now. But after we get through this season, after we kind of get through this season, you know what? Things are going to slow down. Maybe. Maybe. But I think and believe if we were willing to be courageous and honest enough to kind of kind of look at the truth. You know, the Bible says the truth will set you free, but it takes courage to, to look for and find and accept truth. I think if we would, if we would kind of be courageous enough to look, look at our life and the patterns of our life, we would probably have to admit that every stressful, overwhelming season seems to run into another stressful, overwhelming season. It's not a season. It's a cycle. You always find a reason to be busy or stressed or, or overwhelmed. What about this one? Money is really tight right now. And, you know, they've kind of cut back hours at, at the job and expenses are up right now. Um, just some unexpected things. But you know what? Once we get through this season, the hours are going to go back up. Um, you know, we, we kind of we see how this is going. We're going to finally get back to a stable place financially. Not going to be paycheck to paycheck anymore. Maybe. Maybe. But if we were courageous enough to kind of look at the truth of our lives, we would probably find and, and, and have to admit that it's not a season. It's a cycle. That we're always under financial pressure. And yeah, there are a few times we get a tax return or a few times, you know, we get a gift or something and we come up for air, you know, or whatever it is and it feels better for a while. But we're always one pay raise from getting it together, one tax return from getting it together, one inheritance from cleaning up our mess because it's not a season. It's a cycle. Well, what about this one? Your last boyfriend or, or girlfriend, they, they, they were a jerk. And they, they didn't appreciate you, and they didn't love Jesus, and, and they didn't stay faithful to you. And thank God that's over because I was so done with that relationship, and, and I am, I'm just done with relationships for a while. I'm going to date Jesus for a little while, and then God's going to bring that person into me. Now that I'm through that season, like, God's going to bring the right person, and I'm not going to... 
fall for that type of person anymore. I'm not going to get in a relationship with that type of person anymore. Maybe. Maybe. But if we were honest, if we were willing to be courageous enough to step back and to look at the pattern of our life, we would probably find that everybody we date is a jerk. Or every relationship got too serious too fast. Or you think every relationship is the one. Or you're ready to move in with every relationship. And your history of relationships is bad relationships. Where you go all in and it ends badly because it's not a season. It's a cycle. And we could do this all day. I could take the whole time and do this, right? This is fun, right? Is everybody having a good time? Hey, you know what? After things slow down, we're going to get back into church. We're going to get really committed. We're going to jump back in there, maybe. After you get this promotion, you won't feel the need to work so many hours, maybe. You hated your last job. Your last boss was a jerk who didn't appreciate you. But this new place, they're great. Your boss is so much better. This is a place where you can stay for a while, maybe. You know what? You don't need rehab yeah, you got some issues, but you can handle it yourself, and you're like two weeks clean anyway, and so I don't really need any like serious help. I've got this under control. I won't give in this time. Maybe. Maybe. The painful truth is that if we're willing to look at our life honestly, we would have to admit that most of our life is a sequel. Most of our life is a sequel. We know how this story goes. We know how it, it ends. And that's why I'm so excited about this series because I believe that over these next four weeks, God is going to show up in some really big ways and through his power, I believe this, I believe this, that so many of us through the Holy Spirit's power are going to have things that have tripped us up and kept us bound for years break off of our lives. Cycles of dysfunction and sin and fear and stress and discontentment broken off of our lives. So my question is, are you ready? Would anybody like for the Holy Spirit to break something off of your life? Yeah. So throughout this series, we're going to be using kind of one verse. We'll look at some other parts of the Bible. But every week, I want us to kind of start with one verse. It's in Romans chapter 12. Uh, verse 2, and you can, you can grab your sermon guide if you want to use that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it up here for us as well. But it's Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 2. Just kind of the, the theme of this, this series is, is going to be this verse. So let's read this together. Romans 12, verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs. And I just added in here, this is a little Jason paraphrase, patterns, because other versions say patterns. And we're going to be talking a lot about patterns. So I think it was fair to just kind of throw that in there. So if you're wondering why it's in parentheses, I added it. Okay. Don't copy the behavior and customs or patterns of the world, but let God, everybody say God, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. This is what we all want, right? We want God to make us into a new person. We want to stop acting like the person that we don't want to be. Yes, give me that. That's what I want. How does he do it then? He does it by changing the way that we think. Changing the way that we think. 
And this is such a powerful point because it's easy to believe that drastic change happens in drastic moments. That, that, that there will be a moment in your life when a lightning bolt or a sermon or a podcast or a video or a prayer will change everything. And, and God definitely uses moments for powerful moments to do things in our lives. But don't fall into thinking that drastic change is drastic moments because change is usually a process, steps, it's intentional. It's intentional. And if you want God to change your life, you have to change the way that you think. Now, this can be tricky because the Bible teaches us that when we start a relationship with Jesus, we get a new heart. I mean, it's all throughout the Bible. We get a new heart. And my favorite place is Ezekiel 36. I've read this at the church so many times. I'm going to read it again because I think it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite verses. In Ezekiel 36, this is just one of many examples that describes what happens to us when we follow Jesus. Look at this. Ezekiel chapter 36. It says, and I, talking about God, when people come to him, I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. And I'll take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. We see this, that at John 3, Nicodemus, that you're born again, that you have a new heart. It's amazing. And so many of you have experienced this. It's why we do what we do at Hope City, that, that people, we share real hope because we want people to experience real life. And you would say, man, when I met Jesus, I just felt different. I wanted something different. My dreams, my desires were different. Everything, the, 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 the sky looked different. The, I, my, my house smelled different. Like I, it was just different. I felt it. I felt it, right? You could say that. Because the Bible says that when you come to Jesus, he gives you a new heart. Where it's tricky is that you don't get a new mind. So you get a new heart, but you don't get a new mind. Let me say it this way. You feel differently, but you think the way you've always thought. You have a new heart with new desires and new feelings, but an old mind that thinks the way that you've always thought. And so Paul says in Romans 12, if you want God to change your life, you have to change the way that you think. Because the way that you think, he says, Romans 12, is a, a pattern. It's a copy. It's, it's, a, it's a custom or a pattern of your world, of this world, that you think the way you think because somebody showed you, modeled for you, taught you how to think that way. And so God says, you got a new heart and you're feeling it, but you still have an old mind, Paul says, and you're copying patterns and behaviors and customs and cycles. And God wants to transform you. But it's not going to be through a worship song. It's not going to be through a, a podcast. It's going to be by God changing the way that you think. So the question is, how do I change the way that I think? I'm in. Like, I, I probably don't need to convince you anymore. You're like, I'm in. Let's do this. I want to break the cycle. I want to stop the patterns of dysfunction. Tell me how to change the way that I think. And that's what we're going to do in this series. And so to start today, we're going to start at the very beginning, at the fundamental place and level with, with this thought, that I can't change the way I think until I know 
the way I think. That's so deep, right? Like, just let that sink in for a second. Some of you are like, what? I don't get it. Like, just hang on. It'll come in just a second. I can't change the way I think until I know the way that I think. So we hear and read this together and we say, yes, I'm in. God, change the way I think. But we don't know how we think. How would we know if it's different? We don't know how we think. I can't change the way that I think until I know the way that I think. And this is important, and it seems obvious, but it's so easily overlooked. We make thousands and thousands of decisions every hour. But so often, we don't know how and why we think the way that we think. And maybe right now, you're kind of kicking back on this a little bit. You're like, no, I know the way I think. I like Chinese food. I don't like Italian. (laughs) See, I know. I like, I like 90s pop, but I don't like 80s pop. Like, I know, you know, I know the way that I, I think. I'm not talking about your opinions. I'm not talking about the things you like, the things you don't like. I'm talking at a much deeper level. We all have a pattern of thinking and behavior that we copy. And we picked it up from the world that we live in. We, we, we you know, we copy a pattern from our world. And it's really hard to be able to distinguish the pattern because it just feels normal. And when something feels normal, it doesn't feel unhealthy. When something feels normal, it feels normal. It doesn't feel unhealthy. Let me, let me show you what I mean. I want to I illustrate this for you. I'm going to use this sponge and this bucket here. But the, the, the Bible says that, that Adam and Eve sinned, and so because of that sin, all of us, every human being is born into the world, but we're also born into a world, and when I say world, I mean like parents, neighborhood, teachers, coaches, friends, you know, like we have a world, your world may be different than my world, but we have a world, so we're born into the world, but we're really born into a world, and because Adam and Eve sinned, we are born broken, every single person. We're born broken. What that means is that we are born with a predisposition to dysfunction. We're predisposed to dysfunction. So before we ever are able to put two and two together or say dada or say mama, we are taking in things through the filter of brokenness, through the filter of brokenness. And so we, you know, we're, we go home and, you know, we're, with, we're a baby or, you know, we're with our parents or we're in our house. And year after year after year, this is us. This is our heart. This is our mind. We are in our world. This is the bucket. We just absorb. We just absorb. 16, 18, 21, 25 years, hopefully not like 30, 35 years. You're not at home, but you're, you're there and you're just, you're just absorbing, just taking it all in. You never read a book that says, this is how our family acts. You never read a book that says, this is how we respond to things. You just absorb it. You absorb it. And it's just normal. So then you get older and you, you know, stuff starts coming out of you. Where'd it come from? Your world. And it's just normal. It's just normal. You didn't know that that's not the way that it was. Do you remember the first time you spent the night at somebody's house, your friend's house, and you realized that every family's not like your family? Do you remember that? 
Um, I remember the first time I spent the night with a friend, and this friend's dad had beer in the fridge. And I'm, I opened up the fridge, and there's beer in the fridge. And maybe for a lot of y'all, it's like, what's the big deal? Not in our house. Like, that, we had our own issues, but, like, there was never beer in the fridge, right? And, and so I remember opening the fridge, and there's, there's, like, beer in there. And I'm like, do they know this is in there? Like, I, I, is the police about to knock down the door? I don't know. Do I report this? I don't know. Do I call my parents? I am so unsure what to do right now. There is beer in the fridge. And, and for the first time in my life, normal got confusing. Because I never knew that people kept beer in the fridge. I didn't know that. And so now I begin to wonder, like, what is normal? My world changed a little bit. And I started to realize that maybe everybody's not like me. Maybe every family's not like my family. Maybe you had this experience too. Maybe you spent the night with somebody and you realized, wait a minute, you mean everybody's parents don't fight and scream at each other? You spend the night with a friend, you say, all dads don't hide in the garage? You mean families eat meals together like at the table in the kitchen? I always wondered why we had that table in the kitchen and the dining room. I don't even, they actually do that. Or maybe your experience was the opposite. Maybe you didn't know there were families that didn't yell or did yell, or didn't eat, or did eat together. And in that moment, because of everything that you were absorbing and taking in, you begin to wonder what was normal. Day after day, year after year, you absorb a way of thinking, a pattern of living. And you get older, and subconsciously, you begin to copy. You, don't even, you never mean to copy. Matter of fact, when you were growing up, you said, I'll never be like them. <laughs> And, 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 then, and then life starts happening. You have kids, you get married, you start managing money, and what you realize is that inside of you is a pattern of behavior that you copy from your world. That's what Paul said. He said, don't, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, to which all of us could be like, yeah, that's what I do. I copy it. It's in me. I have absorbed it all these years. And I never knew, Jason, that it wasn't normal. And if I didn't know it wasn't normal, I definitely didn't know it wasn't healthy. It's just how it's always been. I talked to somebody the other day, uh, just kind of talking through this, and I said, you know, we're just kind of talking this topic. And they said to me, they said, I started drinking when I was 14. And I knew it was like illegal as far as like illegally, but like everybody in my family drank. So it never crossed my mind that like you didn't do that. It was like 14. It, that was just the way that it was. I didn't know anybody who did not get drunk. And so that's what I did. I talked to somebody else and they said, they said, I didn't know that there were people who didn't live paycheck to paycheck. I just thought you made money to spend money. Like, I just thought, like, you made it to spend it, and then it ran out, and then you made it again, right? Normal, normal. Someone else told me, I didn't know that you could be close to your extended family. Like, I didn't know until I got married, and, and my spouse, like, talked to her cousins. I was like, I didn't even know that you did that, right? Normal, normal. Another person told me, I didn't know someone could love me if I didn't have sex with them. Because whatever guy was taking care of us was always sleeping in my mom's bed. Normal. Normal. 
Someone else told me, I didn't know that you could live a drama-free life. Normal. I just thought everybody had drama. I could keep going. We could do this. I didn't know everybody didn't just sweep other problems under the rug and act like everything was okay. Just denial. Normal. I didn't know that people weren't faking it and that there were actually people who were happily married. You mean there are people who enjoy marriage? I didn't know that. Normal. And so now I'm an adult, a spouse, a parent, a boss, an employee, a church member, and what's coming out of me is just what I've absorbed. I'm just copying the pattern and the customs of my world. I just absorbed it. And, and, and the good news is that Paul says that, that God wants to make you into a new person. But in order to make you into a new person, you have got to absorb something different than what you've been absorbing for the last 18, 20, 25 years. Are you with me? So, so for this first week, we come to a place that requires unbelievable courage. Just a heads up, like this is going to require courage as we try to, to answer really hard questions like, like this one. What are the dysfunctional patterns in my life? What are the dysfunctional patterns in my life? And if I want to stop acting like that person that I don't want to be and I need Jesus to change the way that I think, but I can't change the way that I think until I know the way that I think, how do I think? I've never thought about the way that I think. How do I think? What pattern of thinking did I absorb? What customs and patterns am I copying? What's your pattern? What's your cycle? I jotted down a couple. By no means is this list all inclusive, but I, I just want to, I think it'll hit a lot of us. Maybe your pattern is serial dating. That every relationship ends, and before your friends can be on your side, that that dude or that girl was a loser, you've already got somebody else. And cycle after cycle after cycle after cycle, every, you do not feel loved or complete unless you have a, someone that you're dating or that you're with. Maybe your cycle is feeling like the victim. That there's this cycle that happens to where you finally meet someone, you have a friendship, you have a neighbor, you have somebody you work with, and they totally get you until they hurt you or until they take from you because no one's as good a friend as you are. No one gives the way that you give. No one supports the way that you support. And so now, every time you think you have a friend, a, a partner, someone that, that is in this with you, they take advantage of you just like everybody else does. What, what about this pattern of a savior complex? Every relationship, you've got the upper hand because you know how to spot, and you don't even realize you do it, but you know how to spot people that you're better than who look up to you and who need your help, and so you're always giving advice. You're never letting them in. You're always dictating the terms. 
and then they disappoint you or don't do what you say, and then it blows up, and they don't care, and they don't respect you, and so you move on until you find the next person who needs you. Savior complex. What about this cycle of feeling used or being a martyr? You know, th- this idea that, that you, nobody has had to sacrifice the way you've sacrificed or been taken advantage of. What about feast or famine financially, that cycle, you know? It's like broke, 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 tax return, cruise, broke, 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 tax return, TV, broke, 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 tax return, whatever. What about a cycle of discontentment? That I'm always thinking that the next house will be the one that I could live in for a long time. The next car will be the one that I'll drive that'll finally make me feel like it's nice enough. The next job will be enough. The next paycheck will be enough. This number in the savings account will be enough. This is it. I found it. This is the neighborhood until 24 months later. Maybe we should put it on the market. Discontentment. This is it. I finally found the thing I can do the rest of my life until there's an opening over there. And if I could just put in a resume, maybe I would get that. It's a pattern, it's a cycle. And maybe today for the first time, the Holy Spirit is allowing you to recognize that it's your pattern, that it's your cycle. I wanna kind of wrap this up. I got got like two more things I wanna do, but I wanna wrap this up by reading you another passage of scripture. And I know it feels a little like depressing right now. Uh, Like, okay, wow, yeah, I'm, I'm a loser. I have a cycle, that's great. Hang with me, hang with me. Same guy who, who wrote Romans 12, same book, Paul, he wrote this in Romans 7. It's four verses, and I want to read this to you. Paul says, I've discovered this principle of life. If Paul has a principle, we take notes, because Paul is legit, and he's like this greatest Christian, smartest guy ever. And he says, I've got a principle of life. And are like, yes, give, feed, feed me the principle of life. He said, here's the principle. And when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what's wrong. To which we go, how do you do that? That's my life. That's what I do. How many people would raise your hand and say, yeah, that's my life right there? I want to do what's right. I want to do what's right. Inevitably, I do what's wrong. Look at the next part. He kind of goes a little deeper. He says, I love God's law. Look where? With all my heart. My heart's all in. But there's another power within me, where is that at? At war with my mind. My heart is all in. But there's a battle going on in my mind. And this battle that's happening, this power that makes me a slave to the sin, that's still within me. It's still in there. And there's a battle going on. Let's look at this last one. Oh, What a miserable person I am. You're like, I thought this was the positive verse. Hang with me. We're getting there. But but let's be honest and just say that we feel that way. We feel shame and disappointment and I'm miserable and I'll never get it together and I always do what's wrong and, you know, whatever it is. He says, oh, this is how I feel. Greatest, like, Christian Bible author ever. I can take some comfort in this. That Paul's like, man, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Here's the good news. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, 
You can't do this on your own. Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, is going to help us. And so the good news today is that you don't have to be normal. You don't have to continue the cycle of dysfunction. The good news is, is if your family tree, you know, is just all jacked up, that you can, you, can, you can fix it. You can start new. You can be the first generation that's not jacked up. If your marriage is messed up, power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, he can break that cycle. So here's what we're going to do to kind of bring this to to a close. Is is we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us in this this first part, part one. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to recognize the way that we think. We're asking the Holy Spirit to, to reveal to us things that we can't even understand on our own. Will you help me, Holy Spirit, to, to, to see and to detect and figure out the cycles in my life, the way that I think? And, and here's the way that we're going we're gonna to do this. I'm going to put this question up on the screen or this, this statement up on the screen. I want you to write this down. It's on, it's on your sermon guide. But sometime this week, maybe multiple times this week, when you're having some time with God or you're praying or, or whatever it is, I want you to use this sentence as a, as a map and as a guide to go a, a little deeper in, in yourself and how you think and, and your cycle and what you do. When blank, I usually blank and I end up blank, okay? Now, there, this, is, this is wide open, so many ways that you... Could go, but let me give you just a couple examples. This is for you to really think through this about, about patterns in your life. So let me just give you an example. When I get extra money, I usually spend it on stuff I don't need, and I end up feeling angry with myself for not having money the next time I need it. It's a pattern. When people try to get close to me, I usually pull away, and I end up feeling alone. You see, you see how it works? When I start dating someone, I usually give them all of my energy and attention, and I end up isolating myself from my friends and family. You see, you see it? Pattern? When I get bored, I usually end up doing something stupid, end up feeling defeated. When I'm stressed, I usually try to feel better by doing something reckless and end up regretting my decisions. When, you know, you know what, I wrote, what I wrote down for me? Just kind of be honest with you about what God's been dealing with me with. That's what I wrote down for me. When I walk into a room, I usually assume people don't like me and I end up hiding. Cycle. Cycle. And until I realize that this is the way I think when I walk into a room, How can I ask the Holy Spirit to change the way that I think? I never knew that's the way that I thought. But the Holy Spirit's gonna help us. So is there a consistent feeling that you feel? Is there a consistent pain that you experience? Is there a consistent statement that you're always telling yourself? These are clues to the patterns and the cycles of your life that you are copying and repeating that are causing you harm and dysfunction. So next week, we'll take the next step in this process. After we've done the work and asked the Holy Spirit 
to reveal things to us that we've never needed to know before, but he's going to help us now. Let's pray. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the power of Jesus Christ that sets me free from a life of misery, dysfunction, pain, and sin. And so, God, I I just pray that over the next seven days or few days, as we're working to to try to figure out those layered, deeper things than normal in our heart and in our mind, that the Holy Spirit would help us to discover truth, truth that will set us free. In Jesus' name we pray.